Hey gang, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a provocative look at the deepest of the deep southern states. Thoughts that are informative, candid, humorous, and sometimes controversial about life in one of the most interesting and rabble-rousing states in the nation. Here are your hosts, Lana Gray and Jim Brown. Hey, welcome to Dateline Louisiana. Our website is datelinelouisiana.com. I'm here with my co-host, Rhonda Gray. Rhonda, I got a lively show today. You, you fired up for it? Definitely. Good to see you, Jim. All right. And I want to tell our listeners that you can find all of our past shows. We've done a lot of them already. So if you like podcasts, and I've really gotten attracted to them, uh, go to our website at datelinelouisiana.com. You'll find a number of earlier shows. Our focus is in Louisiana. Sometimes we stray a bit. And I think we ought to talk about all this controversy involving the ex-president and uh, the documents he supposedly took with him for a way that are top secret. And uh, uh, i just give you a few thoughts in there as to what actually happened. Uh, when 30 FBI agents showed up at Mar-a-Lago, the president's current home, to cart off a box of documents, it was an authorized, legitimate, and justified procedure to retrieve national security secrets being illegally kept. Or <laughs> it was an unprecedented regime raid on the home and office of a foremost political rival of President Biden that called to mind a third world country, the East German Stasi, the KGB, or the Gestapo. Oh, my God. You sound like you might be on Truth Social or something well, well, reading conspiracy well, theories now. Which was it? <laughs> and, and uh, Rana, I've, in fact, I wrote a column about this uh, two weeks ago which uh, overreach uh, involving the Trump uh, uh, cadre. And so let's talk about some of these things today. You know, we still don't know all, all the details. And I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm concerned that the FBI and the Justice Department opposes unsealing the Mar-a-Lago affidavit search because they say, well, there's some information in the affidavit presented to the judge that might compromise other investigations. Well, look, when you've been charged, when they're coming after you, when uh, they're seizing tons of documents from you, you certainly, as a, an American citizen, ought to have the right to see what's justified or not. Uh, how far do you have to go in protecting yourself? So I don't put any, any, uh, uh, any particular uh, justification for unsealing. You know, unseal the documents. Let's see what's all there. And you can redact maybe a few of the key things if there's a name in there that might be embarrassing. But if the name is, might not be embarrassing, well, then why did you put it in there to begin with? I mean, that all these issues have to be ironed out, and I'm sure the lawyers will do so in court. But, Ron, I guess my concern is there's never been a president in U.S. history who has been treated in such a manner. And, uh, you know, uh, I have to think that uh, other countries where there's dictatorships or uh, quasi-governments where they, if they enable to have a dictatorship, they have a party that runs the whole show, must be kind of laughing and snickering. Oh, yeah, they lecture us. They lecture us in America about how great democracy is. Then they go after the guy that out of office, the, the other party comes in and tries to put a rope around his neck. So, I mean, was that necessary? President Biden said he knew nothing about it. That's what he says. Well, should, should the Justice Department 
uh, do that to a former president without at least informing the chief executive? Uh, was any, you know, did, did Merrick Garland, the attorney general, pick up the phone or go visit Donald Trump? Did Joe Biden call up and say, look, I know we don't get along at all, but the FBI tells me they want these documents back or they're going to come in and seize them. I don't sense that any of that was done. None of that was done. And so whatever you think of Donald Trump, let's put your thoughts aside on Trump. Let's assume that it was Joe Biden out of office and the FBI came in the very same way. In America today, do we treat a former chief executive who, by the way, has the authority to make a document to seal or unseal documents? He has the sole authority to do that. Is that the way you treat a former president? That, 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 that concerns me. So whether it's Joe Biden, Donald Trump, John Kennedy, George Bush, should we be treating former presidents like that? Well, there's a whole lot to unpack there in what you just said, for sure. I'm going to start with the fact that um, we've never had a president like the former president. We've never had a president who refused to accept the results of an election, who pretty much refused the peaceful transfer of power, who refused to accept he was no longer president. Um, There's certainly been people who took things from the White House with them when they left, and when the National Archives takes over and uh, gets into it and says, no, no, that belongs to the people, not to you, they give it back. This has been going on since October of 2021 when he was first asked by the National Archives or, or when he first declined to, didn't want anything to go to the January 6th committee and it started this whole thing. There's been a lawyer for the former president sign off and say there's nothing of any <clears throat> classified nature still at Mar-a-Lago. And then, uh, but but that's not, now. Let's see, uh, the lawyer. They don't have the lawyer saying that, writing a letter to that effect. That's something that the Associated Press picked up on, or the New York Times. There's, you know, so when we talk about what lawyer did, what the National Archives did, those are news reports, is what we're talking about, and we all know how. Well, there's uh, a there's a letter for there's a letter from the Trump attorneys after the meeting with the. National Archives people at Mar-a-Lago in June in which he confirmed. Now, he may be facing some charges, you know, for falsifying a statement there, but there's a letter from him saying that's all. We don't have anything else. That's that's it. So, and talking about declassifying, it's not like I understand it. you get out a wand and declare, like he's saying, I... When I take something out of this room, I have a standing order that it's declassified. No one else seems to be agreeing with that. No former um, attorney generals or anything seem to be agreeing with that. Well, no former attorney that. general or former president has commented on it. That, that's, that's his position. I have the authority to declassify. And so that will all come out in the wash. Uh, I, I just still have a hard time. Uh, accepting that former presidents get treated like that. And, and you know, when, as far as the confrontation, you can go back to Abraham Lincoln, who uh, uh, jailed members of the press who, mm-hmm. dur- who uh, 
caused almost insurrection, who put newspaper businesses out of business. So, you know, you can go into a lot of former presidents who have done some really outrageous things. I don't think in the scheme of thing, comparing uh, Trump to Lincoln, Lincoln did some illegal, serious, serious things that that uh, took away the freedoms of lots of people. So but but uh, again, that's a lot of that speculation. It will come out in the wash. I just uh, I just wonder about, the you know, I, I saw the pictures on, on uh, in the news and the newspaper, AK-15s standing outside of Mar-a-Lago, you know. The, the, Those are Secret Service. Those uh, were Secret Service agents, too. No, no, not, no uh, uh, not the ones I saw. I saw a short-sleeve FBI on their shirts with an AK-15 guarding the outside of the door. They were in short-sleeve shirts. These weren't Secret Service The people. FBI agents who served the search warrant on Mar-a-Lago went in street clothes. Well, that's right. So they had short-sleeve shirts on. No, they, no, went in plain clothes. They well, went they in plain, plain clothes. They did not go... With the long guns and the FBI, no, no, no. They went and they did well, it very, I saw very discreetly. With an FBI logo who had an AK-15 standing outside the entrance of Marlowe. And I saw that. Now, I saw a Secret Service. I saw a Secret Service armed protecting that because they're always on board there. I've never seen the Secret Service guy with an AK-15. Uh, uh, Walking around, I've seen you know, they've got a pistol on there. That, well, we won't, you know, we won't solve this. We won't solve this on a podcast, but I'll have the pictures at the next podcast. Well, good. We'll, we'll, we'll review we'll, them. We'll, uh, let, let's talk. Let let's me go talk back. One more thing, Chris, our producer. We're going to video <laughs> the next podcast to, to lay it all out. And one more but thing again, about you're dodging me on the fact if Joe Biden I, in I the talk same about circumstance, Biden. I want to talk about Biden. Is this this the way America operates? Uh, to, I hope so. <laughs> oh, gee, it's scary. It scares the dickens out of me. But I do want to talk about Biden because I think it's like really good for America that Joe Biden is hands off the Justice Department and doesn't see Merrick Garland as his personal attorney. I think that is a move that's very beneficial compared to what we had in the previous administration. So I like the fact that Merrick Garland did not inform him and left him out of it. And 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 you you're okay with all the things that Peter Strauch, the FBI agent, who said uh, we've got to do something to stop Trump from being elected uh, on his FBI uh, on his FBI telephone with other FBI agents. We saw recording after recording of everything along those lines. So uh, and, and Ron, look, let, let's just put some it in perspective. people let argue. Let me give you some headlines in the last few weeks that have uh, crossed. This is not Jim Brown talking. This is the news media. Wall Street Journal wanted an honest FBI. Uh, National Public Radio, a liberal wing of the government. The massive case of collective amnesia at the FBI. The Boston Globe that used to be owned by the New York Times. Scandal-ridden FBI must be abolished. That's the Boston Globe. I'll give you one more. Time Magazine. The FBI is in crisis. It's worse than you think. So uh, my point is, uh, this is just not a piece of cake that's just going to go away. This is going to go on for some time. There's going to be lots of shakeups going on, and, and I think for, for good reason. We've got to have a more predictable government than we have right now. And, and to say that, 
you know, the president, oh, Lee, oh, I don't got nothing to do with that. Oh, that, that's just that mean old uh, FBI and Justice Department. Look, he's the boss. He appointed these people. The buck stops with him. He's responsible. And uh, now, well, remember, the head of the FBI was appointed by the previous president. Not Merrick Garland. No, the head of the FBI. <clears throat> uh, Chris Ray. Ray, yeah. When I, I saw Ray, so the uh, uh, he's called before a congressional he- hearing. Did you see that headline yesterday? He's called before a congressional hearing. He said, well, I've got to leave. I've got business. They've got to leave. They found out the business was to take the FBI jet that you and I pay for to go to his summer vacation home in upstate New York. That's what the head <laughs> of the FBI did. So, well, he was appointed by the previous president. Some people would argue that a previous FBI director, Mr. Comey, uh, impacted election in in favor. Or at least the previous president felt I think he, he did. F- and, felt and, and he completely did. Inappropriate. So I'm not, Hillary Clinton. I I'm not saying the FBI does, doesn't have problems. Inappropriate. And uh, I, uh, somebody. I mean, when you've got most of the major news operations in the country saying, you know. We need an honest FBI, scandal-ridden, abolish. Those are heavy headlines from our news media. And I gave a, like I say, National Public Radio, the Boston Globe, a New York Times affiliate. I mean, when they're saying this kind of thing, we need to kind of review this whole situation and lay a foundation. Now, you know, if Donald Trump took top-secret documents and fed them to the Russians and to all of our enemies, that's very, very serious. But if just a question of of boxes of documents that he, in the haste, went out of office, probably shouldn't have taken. No, the guy was incompetent in the last few months of his campaign. He should have had a professional group to say, listen, I'm leaving. I want to take all my documents. You look these over and tell me what I can take. And by the way, uh, Barack Obama took hundreds of thousands of documents, not thousands, hundreds of thousands of documents there was negotiation back and forth with the National Archives, as you said, and he returned a lot of this kind of stuff. Bill Clinton ran off with, with, the, with the, the, the kitchen sink and tables furniture. and everything. Yeah, with they the took furniture. furniture. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, you can't do that. Right. So he gave them back. So this will be a time of shaking out. It just disturbs me that uh, we're treating former presidents like this, is my point. And well, then, it disturbs then, me that we had a group of historians who annually, prior to the former president, went to the White House and talked about American history and where they felt we were going with the president. Last four years, they didn't get invited. No interest in hearing anything they had to say. Now things are back to some sort of normalcy. They go and talk, and they tell the current President Biden, that democracy in America is teetering. And if we lose it because of what's happened. How, how, how is, what is making it teeter? Is it, is it. What is making it teeter? What what is making. What you're talking about right now. uh, uh, There's uh, a, there's uh, a, they're uh, actually uh, investigating uh, a a former president. A few By boxes. The Espionage of, Act. A few boxes. Of, well, that's what that's what is being hollered by these FBI officials that leak all this stuff to the press. That's what they're hollering. Well, you know, I hope we don't we don't find his dirty laundry and, and tickets to the laundry and that kind of thing in it. I hope it's very serious. I hope it's very serious because well, I, uh, I don't think there's any doubt uh, if things are classified at that level, that secret compartmented information. 
that only a few handful of people are ever authorized to see, which means it tends to have to do with nuclear, and we don't mean the nuclear codes. We're not afraid that he's taking those, but nuclear information on other countries or anything, or it has to do with terrorism operations. And so why he would feel the need to take that for the Trump library that he'll no doubt build at Mar-a-Lago or somewhere adjacent or one on, on one of his golf courses or near the cemetery, the Trump Cemetery or something. Where? Why does he need that? Why does he need terrorism well, but, information? But, but again, you're, you're, see, you're passing judgment. You're passing judgment here. Uh, in the final weeks, he was consumed with what happened at the election. And I just do not believe that Donald Trump sat there and went through box after box after box after box. I think in the rush to get out the door, uh, he grabbed a bunch of stuff, probably took some stuff he shouldn't, then eventually go back. Do you bring in the FBI with AK-47 or AK-15s and and uh, do this to an existing president and the, exi- and, and the current president? I don't know nothing about it. I knew nothing about it. That's just... Uh, uh, that's just the minions. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm responsible for them. They work for me. But I just think the whole way the thing was handled just well, doesn't pass the, the, he's the smell a per- test. He's a person who doesn't even unwrap his own Big Mac. So you would think he wouldn't be the one throwing things in boxes. He well, might be the he one was. directing I, it. But I he... think you're, you're saying exactly what I've been saying. I don't think he, he, he knew, you know, possibly— the, uh, well, let's just take those 40 boxes. When I get to Mar-a-Lago, I'll go through and anything is not there. I'll send them back. But, I mean, you know, the guy is, is uh, uh, you know, he's not my kind of politician. And he's off Hope the not. wall on Hope many, not. many things that he does. <laughs> and, again, I just don't think he's seriously considered that boxes of documents are going to make or break his legacy. He has them. And, and again, this well, will all come out. Again, this has been going on for a year. Just give them back. Give them back. They've been asking him for so long. Give them back. Now you're saying a year, Ron. I think you're exact. There's no year. This didn't start a year again. He's only been out. How long has he been out of <coughs> well, office? October, October. How long has he been out of office? 11 months. Oh, you've been exaggerating <laughs> on me. <laughs> been exaggerating on me. 10 or so, 11 months. Ronald, we beat this to death. We beat this to death. Oh, I, it, Jim, I do think, it is by no I, means over. I do think, over. though, it, it shows the prism or the gap in terms of both sides getting along. The Republicans all jumped in and, and uh, uh, you know, defended uh uh, the, the former president, the Democrats are out for blood and uh, carrying on their her- hearings. And, and look, what happened in those riots uh, uh, on January the 6th were completely uncalled for. Do you think the average person really cares? I see this night after night after night on the news. And uh, I, I had a group of people over for, for a dinner here a few weeks ago, and I said, did you hear the latest on they didn't know what I was talking about in terms of the hearings. And uh, Liz Cheney is, uh, uh, you know, setting herself up to run for president or vice president next time around uh, in terms of, of her election future. She's been the only Republicans participated. But uh, it just seems like we're splitting the country out a good bit 
Uh, well, that's what he did. We had four or five years of that. that. That's where we are now. You're absolutely right. And then the country's the, not splitting that. Joe Biden is just uh, uh, everything is fine and hunky-dory. Well, he's, he's, he's doing got, what uh, I want, and that is— International war. We got the in, uh, inflation out of control. The gas pump is shaking you up. I mean— Gas uh, is down. Uh, gas Afghanistan, is down. Uh, Afghanistan was a—you uh, know, I was, I'm reading a new book about Afghanistan— and said, you know, maybe we should have gotten out, but the way it was done was just terrible. So Biden has his problems, too, and I think uh, the information is divisive. It's divisive in terms of all these issues, and it's not just Republicans. It's Republicans and Democrats, and, and we just don't have the, the party uh, gatherings like we used to and the working together like you said on a previous show. But we're so. passing some we're passing some bipartisan legislation in Congress. We didn't for four years and I'm glad to see it. And no matter how unpopular Joe Biden might be with the public, as long as someone can go and get some things that we need done through compromise, through whatever, through Congress, and we don't sit here stagnant, I'm all for it. Well it it's the Democrats that makes a lot of those things, unfortunately. And I, I don't have a problem with most things that have been passed. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we talk about elections have consequences. If the Republicans take over, you know, they'll make an effort to undo so much of what the Biden legacy has put forward. So uh, uh, any event, we're, we're about out of time, aren't we, Chris? Producer Chris is waving me off and say that, uh, you know, <laughs> People are protesting out front in the street. And if you want to pick up more, we have some calmer shows you can go to at DatelineLouisiana.com. Uh, go and t- look at some of the things we've been talking about. Do a podcast every week. Hope you'll enjoy it. Take it all in. But, but before we go, I'm most excited that I have found the photo online of the Secret Service at the gates of Morlago with the long guns in the black T-shirts. Well, that's what, what you got. You they got one person guarding <laughs> no, Morlago. Oh no, they're they got all, one person. Oh no, I no. see all of them. They're all Secret Service. Oh, they're, they're it's his flooded. detail. It's flooded. His detail. I Not saw, a, I, FBI. You don't see the FBI because they went well, in plain if, clothes. If you go to jimbrownla.com, I'll put a I'll put <laughs> post my picture up there of the FBI. Uh, in their riot gear out there going in to take down the former president. Well, so, we'll watch uh, for it. We'll watch for it. You got it. your team and I got <laughs> mine, right? So <laughs> go to DatelineLouisiana.com. This is Jim Brown with Ronna Gray. Glad you listened this week. We'll talk to you soon, right, Ronna? See you next week. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to Dateline Louisiana with Jim Brown and Ronna Gray. To subscribe to this podcast or contact Jim or Ronna, visit DatelineLouisiana.com. We hope you'll join us again next week for more news and reflections from the Bayou State.